This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, great once again to be joined on our show by Sal Khan, who is the founder and CEO of Khan Academy. Sal, great to talk to you again. How have you been? Been good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Great to have you with us. All right. So a lot of the conversation in the education space, and you're seeing this firsthand, uh, is around AI and uh, like chat GPT. How is that impacting your operations right now? It's impacting it pretty dramatically. A lot of folks might not fully realize we've been working on this uh, well before chat GPT came on the scene. About last year, almost exactly a year ago, OpenAI reached out to us said they were gen- they were working on their next generation model, which would eventually be GPT-4. For those uh, who aren't fully up to speed on this, ChatGPT, when it launched in November of 2022, was built on GPT-3.5. So what we started working with OpenAI on was the, the model after that. And we were doing it secretly. Uh, we were under NDA for uh, much of 2022 and the early part of 2023. And what we immediately saw is the capability to you know, everything Khan Academy has ever done. Uh, a lot of folks know it started with me tutoring my cousin and then eventually word spreads in my family. The free tutoring is going on. I'm tutoring a lot of cousins and I'm writing software for them. I'm making videos for them really as a way for me to scale that tutoring. And a lot of what we've been doing at Khan Academy over the last 14, 15 years, ever 19 years since I started tutoring my cousins is how can we use technology to bring some of the magic that personal that personalization that the tutoring can, can bring. And also how can you support teachers uh, so they can have teaching assistants. And oftentimes the tutor and the teaching assistant can, can be one and the same. And so when we saw the capabilities of GPT-4, it definitely had some rough spots around hallucinations and making up facts and, and math. But we started to realize that the technology was, was on the cusp of, of being able to go much further into replicating what a great tutor or a teaching assistant experience could be. So we were working, we've been working feverishly on it for about a year. We launched March 15th in 2023 uh, as part of the uh, GPT-4 launch. Uh, our generative AI that's built on those models is called Conmigo. And what we've taken great pains to do is put in the guardrails so that people can use this, especially with children, responsibly, but also uh, tap into to, to the power here. ChatGPT, it was built on GPT-3.5, which is a, a, a much less powerful model, and it was not built for education. And so it, it led to all of these problems around students cheating and hallucinations and bad math, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and what happens if a student goes into a weird conversation with the AI and if the AI is biased in some strange way? With Conmigo, all the conversations recorded. We have a second AI that moderates the conversations. Anything shady going on, it actively notifies parents and teachers. Conmigo will not tell you the answer. It acts as a Socratic tutor, but it will nudge you along. It will give you feedback. It will support you. It will tell you uh, why you should care about this thing. Uh, if you're a teacher, it will support you in creating lesson plans, creating rubrics, helping grade papers, et cetera. Uh, and so uh, we're pretty excited that, that we think we, we're, we're threading the needle so that we can really support teachers and students well with generative AI. How do you think then it's going to impact both sides of that equation longer term? I mean, obviously we're at a point right now where it's really just kind of getting going, but when you think about how this is going to impact your business operations longer term, but also how it's going to impact students, where do you think it has the potential to go? So on the Khan Academy side, we are, we're a bit of a strange beast. We're a not-for-profit, but we are a very tech-focused, education-focused, not-for-profit. Uh, 
this is we are we are spending roughly half of our resources. And a lot of folks don't realize Khan Academy is much more than me. We're about 10, 270 fo- folks worldwide who are building Khan Academy in 50 plus languages. And as you can imagine, above and beyond all the content and the platform work, where you know we're serving 160, 170 million users. Uh, now generative AI adds a whole new dimension of R&D that we're having to invest. So we're, we're investing tens of millions of dollars. And this is this doesn't come from investors because we're not for profit. Uh, no one owns Khan Academy. I don't own Khan Academy. Uh, it's coming primarily from philanthropy to do that R&D. So we had to do a lot of that with our unrestricted reserves over, while we were under NDA because it's hard to fundraise around something that you can't tell anyone about. Um, now uh, we're continuing to fundraise. We are continuing to um, you know, to especially put some fuel on uh, this generative AI work. Uh, and, and I think this is going to be a, a permanent part of the future of Khan Academy. I can't imagine a world, given our mission of free world-class education for anyone anywhere, and given our focus, our vision on what if we could be the, that tutor for any student in the world or that teaching assistant for any teacher in the world, uh, I can't imagine how generative AI does not play a major role. And right now, Conmigo is already available, uh, but in the future, it's going to have voice capabilities. It's, you're going to be able to video conference with it. It's going to have memory capabilities. It, 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 it's going to become pretty, pretty fleshed out. How it affects the classroom of the future, hopefully, hopefully even last year, students in 2022 felt much supported than you and I did when we were in school because of resources like Khan Academy. They could get help when they needed. They could get practice, feedback. Hopefully, teachers in 2022 felt more supported in that They've always been taught to teach differentiated instruction for different kids need different things, but it's very hard when you're one student, one teacher with 30 students, hundreds of thousands of millions of teachers around the world for for nearly a decade have been using Khan Academy to start doing that differentiation. They can have students work at different things, but get the report back so that the teacher could then follow up, take kids out into breakout sessions. I imagine Conmigo and generative AI making that that saving teachers that much more time and supporting students that much more. Teachers right now spend almost half their time doing things like lesson planning, grading papers, writing progress reports. And then the other half of their time when they're with students, um, they're not able to address every student's needs. They're not able to answer every question. And they suspect that many students aren't asking the questions because they're afraid. This is a world where we think that lesson planning, grading, generative AI is going to be able to reduce that time spent by 90%, which is significant. Teachers will have more time and energy for themselves and for their students. And then when they're with their students, the generative AI, Conmigo, is going to be able to support the students much more and also give insights to the teacher on how they can support the students in ways that the, the, AI, the AI can't. Uh, so I think this is, you know, this, the die has been cast. This is what edge classrooms of the future are going to look like for decades to come. One of the other things I know you're very much involved with with Khan Academy, and it's something that we've talked about a lot here on our show, uh, is financial literacy and the importance of that uh, to make sure that kids, as they're going through high school and either they're going on to college or going into the workforce, uh, that they have a level of understanding of a lot of the basic concepts of finance so they are prepared for being out in the world. Yeah, it's something that's close to my heart and it's been close to Khan Academy's heart for, for many, many years. And now there's other uh, external factors that I think make this the right time to do it. A lot of folks don't realize, you know, my, my old day job, I used to work as an analyst at a, at a hedge fund before starting Khan Academy. So I care deeply about finance and financial literacy. And we've been, um, 
and a lot of folks don't realize that some of the first national publicity Khan Academy got back in 2008 had nothing to do with math videos. It was actually me explaining the financial crisis and how the Federal Reserve works and what's illiquidity versus insolvency, et cetera, et cetera. So there is a there is some some historical roots there. And over the last 10 plus years, we have been creating financial literacy content. But most recently, you have many states that have started to make that part of uh, their high school graduation requirements. Some of the larger states, Florida, Michigan, have made very uh, tangible uh, requirements there. And there's 16, 17 other states that have put it there. On top of that, Walmart reached out to us and they said, hey, we want to help financial literacy for our million plus employees in the United States. We said, yeah, we want to help them too. But by the way, all these states need help. What if we work together? And you know, it's now been Walmart, Capital One as well, have been the philanthropic supporters here so that we're creating a full financial literacy course. We've actually already launched the first version of it. People can just do a Google search for you know, financial literacy and, and Khan Academy and they can find it. But it's a full, full course with not just videos, but articles, exercises, so people can actually practice what they're learning. It's aligned to the standards in these various states. So it can be used by just anyone. Let's say you're about to, about to buy a house and you want to understand the, the escrow process. You can just go watch those videos. Uh, but if you're a high school student in one of these states, these states, your school, your school district can adopt the full course and work the students through it. And I think this is a major, a major gap in traditional education. Uh, and you see it um, in, in, in what's going on with a lot of uh, young, young people, and not, and not just young people, even older people in terms well, of financial literacy knowledge. And, and the thing I think is so interesting about the topic of financial literacy and you kind of alluded to it, is you can go in so many different directions with so many different pieces that people experience in their life to help them understand. And, and that's a unique element to be able to cover that many topics under one umbrella. It is. You know, Khan Academy, we, we've always violated some of the classic business strategy around you know, focus and do only one thing. I'm like, no, we want to do all of world-class education for anyone. And we're also going to add things that we think should be part of world-class education, like financial uh, literacy. So we've always said all of the core academic subjects from peak pre-K through the core of college, including things that we think should be there, financial literacy, computing, law, and civics, and things like that. And um, you, you know, I think our approach is let's be super transparent, super approachable. It's weird that money has, is, has always been a taboo subject. Most people feel uncomfortable even asking someone about, hey, what's stressed you out? How much money did you make? You know, what's your budget look like? And then I think in academia, both K-12 and higher education, it's also considered almost like something, I mean, you're at Wharton, so that's a little bit different, but in most places, they don't like to talk about money, even though it's such a big, big, big reality. And by not talking about it, you're providing, it's a huge disservice. To students, I think that's part of the, the the debt crisis that we're facing. The student debt crisis is it's you know people should have sat these kids down before they chose their majors um, freshman year and said here's here's some reality. Now pick your major. Now, you know here's some reality about debt and bankruptcy and et cetera et cetera. Um, so yeah, I, I think if we're serious about our mission about an education, an education what's what's the end goal? It's it's to allow people to participate in society, be reach their potential participate in democracy? And how can you do that if you don't understand, at minimum, your own personal finances and eventually finance and economics generally? Sal, you're doing great work. Thanks for giving us a couple of moments. Enjoy the upcoming school year as we, uh, as everybody gets going throughout the course of the, uh, uh, of the next several months. Obviously, your school year is kind of 24-7, 365. But thanks again for everything. Thanks for having me, Dan. You got it. Sal Khan, who is the founder and CEO of Khan Academy. 
To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.